an inside look at the restaurant industry and entrepreneurial insight to help you succeed. It's the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. All right, guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to the Paper Trails Podcast with your host, me, Nick Algaramitros. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Thank you for plugging in. Uh, whether you're listening to this on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or you're watching this uh, on YouTube, we're super pumped to have you guys in. Um, you know, just so you guys know, if you guys haven't yet, if you enjoy this content and you haven't yet liked or shared or subscribed to our channel, we would love to have you guys as a, uh, as a permanent you know, viewer uh, of our Paper Trails podcast. But uh, anyway, if you guys are just plugging in for the first time, just so you guys know, we are uh, a, a podcast all about business ownership, entrepreneurship. Uh, we're based here in the uh, Charlotte and greater region. Um, you know, my, uh, my cousin and I, as you, most of you guys know, own a paper company and we, we, we are involved in the food industry. And, uh, you know, today we have a very good, awesome guest. Also, this is episode 18, but we have a very good friend of mine and, uh, and guest. We have Osman Kasim. 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 And, um, you know, Osman, I've known Osman for seven or eight years now. Um, you know, they've been great customers of mine. You know, Osman um, owns do a chain of dominoes um, in the, you know, uh, Carolinas, in North Carolina, or Carolinas. Carolinas, at yeah. Carolinas, and so, um, and I'm super pumped to have him on just to talk about his story, how he started in the industry, um, just from, because, you know, I, I know that we can gain so much wisdom and knowledge just from people's backgrounds and stories, and you guys are in for a treat today. And so, Osmond, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. And so, um, let's, um, let's start maybe from the beginning, Osmond. How, how um, where are you from? Let's, let's start there. Where, where are you from originally? Originally from Pakistan, okay. and uh, I was uh, obviously born and raised there, and uh, came here to stage at right about age 20. Okay. So I was 20 years old. So and born and uh, raised there. Born and raised, went to high school and all, and uh, and uh, it was a it was a boarding school, which was uh, kind of one of the fancy places to go. Okay. And, you know, so I learned a lot of early development of life and development of what, things. What did, what did your parents do there? I'm just curious. My father was a civil engineer, okay. uh, and uh, he was uh, at the at the tail end of his career. He was actually. Uh, the chief engineer, chief engineer in the province uh, for the province, so okay. a civil engineer by, by profession. You know, okay, so, nice. Uh, yeah, and mother was a homemaker. So. Okay, okay. And so it was a it was a wonderful childhood growing up, uh, and uh, kind of around um, after high school, we just uh, um, some personal matters, but mostly really school related. Uh, uh, decided to uh, engineering was to be my background or okay. was to be my education. So. Uh, and although I have another bent, and that is I love to fly, so that was going to be engineering was going to help me get my airline pilot job. Okay. So, anyway, so, you, you, so you've always loved flying? Uh, I loved flying since age eight, uh, when my father took me on a little airplane ride at a local in our little hometown okay. in Peshawar, Pakistan. Uh, I was a little eight-year-old boy, and uh, he, the local flying club, they call it flying club, okay. or the flight school flight club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they would uh, give rides around the city for thirty-minute ride in a Cessna. What probably I think was a Cessna one eighty-two or a two hundred six. Yeah. And I'd never been in a in a you know, single-engine type airplane until that. Obviously, little eight-year-old. Uh huh. And so I remember sitting up. Uh, my father put me to the right right of the pilot, and yeah. of course he sat in the back. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, 
I was, I remember with him, you know, the pilot was showing us the town around the 30-minute yeah. ride. Yeah. And I was just more enamored with what this pilot is. How is he doing, operating this amazing machine? <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. And uh, you fell in love. I fell in love. I totally fell in love. And I remember a few months after, although it was six, six seven, seven months past okay. later, my father passed away. Okay. Uh, but within that, sometime between that ride and his passing, I remember walking down the street with him. And he said, uh, he asked me, what do I want to do when I grew up? So, and I was this little boy holding his little finger and, you know, walking down the street. And, yeah. and I, I said, an airplane driver or a truck driver. Okay. And uh, he said, well, I, maybe you should want to be, you stay on to the path of the airplane driver. So, <laughs> so much for that. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's how it was. And, okay. Uh, uh, now, did you always want to come to the States for education? How, how, how did that even, you know, was that a goal? Was that, you know, your parents wanted, how, how did that even happen? No, it was... Uh, it was really, uh, mother passed away at right at high school age, about okay. age 18 or so for me, right before. So there was kind of a confluence of all the timing and all that to uh, say, well, okay, now what's, what school, college, university is next? Yeah. And so um, a friend of mine actually suggested to, hey, uh, why don't you go to, go, go to engineering school in States? And I said, oh, okay, maybe that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, went to the local... American Center and got the information about local universities and sure. applied several and that process came about and okay. so ended up at, at, at NC State. So nice. that's how it was. Was that, was that just what you, was that because in, engineering is, uh, it's pretty prominent in NC State, yes, isn't it? it is, yes. So is that just because of that or how, how did NC State become the, you know, uh, the really, decision? Uh, it was a truly, truly a roll of the dice okay. uh, between Purdue, Ohio State, and they were all names to me. I mean, we didn't yeah. have the history yeah. like we all know now I get it, I of get what it. all these great schools mean. But sure. at the time, it was just, I was a little boy in Peshawar who was just going through a book of universities, just take a book, you know, yeah, the, you're the, just, you're back, just in the, back in the early mid-80s. So uh, anyway, and it just uh, worked out to where NC State was sure. the most um, welcoming and whatever the program worked and all that direction worked for us. Now, so. did you come here before you went to school or when you came here, like, you, you, did you visit? No, no, so it, it was... It was, so it was NC State, okay, let's, yeah. let's see how this goes. As we go, yeah, so I, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I had... Uh, I landed at uh, Kennedy Airport, New York, okay. uh, with about just less than a thousand dollars and a little bag of clothes and a one semester of a tuition paid up. That's all I had at the time. So, uh, and uh, worked, and that's all it was—a little bag of clothes, uh, and that's what it said. Actually, we started with a thousand dollars in Pakistan and and uh, had a little layover in Frankfurt uh -huh. and bought seventeen dollars worth of candy. <laughs> chocolates at a fancy, you know, candy store. I, yeah. I don't know. I guess it was good. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. But uh, uh, and so I really landed with less than a thousand dollars. Listen, it's uh, it's you know, and I mean, I guess no, not to fast forward too much, but you know, to 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 know that I didn't know that to know that and to know like where you came. I mean, it's a it's a tremendous story. But anyway, so um, so how's your experience at NC State? Oh, it was uh, wonderful and amazing, and of course, uh, struggle as well. Uh, because obviously I was working my way through, started delivering pizzas at Domino's. It was total coincidence. Okay. I, you know, my... What, what years is this? This is 1985. Okay. Yes. 80, late 84, 85. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and so the story, I just was a... I just say this, I was a broke college student and just tired of having lunch with french fries only. <laughs> so I wanted to buy a burger for lunch okay. and so I had to get a job. And okay. uh, at the time it was la local classifieds, you looked up and uh, I didn't have a car. Okay. Um, 
and uh, looked up the little ad, Domino's <coughs> looking for drivers. And uh, frankly, at the time when I came from Pakistan at the time, back uh, late 83, uh, we did not even have pizza places. Now there's the whole country is flush with pizza places, sure. including Domino's, by the yeah. way. But uh, back early 80s, so there wasn't. So I really didn't fully understand what this whole thing was, d pizza and delivery and all this was about. Okay. All I knew, I had a car and a license and I could find a street on a map and, okay. and I could just... Yeah, uh, an actual <laughs> map, ladies and gentlemen. There actual was map. No GPS yet. I mean, That's, it was... <laughs> oh, yeah. You had to look up the index. Okay, 123 Main Street. Okay, where's Main? Oh, on bo my. Uh, box B4 and then you look it up in the square and then, okay, that's where I'm going. So That's awesome. So, yeah. so it was a part-time gig at Domino's, okay? It, it was a part-time gig at Domino's and, of course, at the time, then along the way, I started taking flight lessons, flight school. Okay. So I was doing... While in college? While in college, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so you were serious about this passion. Oh yeah, like yeah. like this wasn't just hey, it would be cool if no no like you wanted to become a pilot. That's right. I am yes, I was going to become a pilot. Yes, I was determined. That's I uh, yeah, that was my path. That's awesome. That was bad. Uh, you know, but although just kind of not to go back for anymore. But yeah, uh, school and school growing up, we unfortunately back in different culture, different society, sure. different world, we grew up or at least in the high school years, like. We thought we were given like two choices at the time. It was such an unusual place that either you're going to be a doctor or an engineer. In, in Pakistan. In Pakistan, okay. in this particular school, which was sure. a kind of a, a special place to be. Okay. So we didn't know. Of course, now we know there's, we thought it was only two ways of making a living. Yeah. Either if you like biology and zoology <coughs> and botany, you're going to be go the pre-med path, sure. path. And if you like math and physics, You'll you go the pre-engineering path. Okay. So I like physics enough. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be an engineer. We didn't know there was third, fourth, and 500 and 5,000 ways of making 100%. a living. So, and here, fast forward here. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so you're, you're studying engineering. Yeah. You're working part-time. You're taking, you know, all your your flight classes and all that. Flight, you know, yeah, flight did, did you did you become a pilot while in college? I got my private pilot license in college. Nice. Uh, yes, and of course it was a struggle balancing finances, yeah. finances, etc., all of that. Uh, so <coughs> took a little break in between college sure. to to get keep 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 the whole boat afloat. Sure. Personal boat that is, and uh, and so um, along the way while I was still delivering pizzas. The local franchise owner at the time I had um, for that summer I had come to uh, Greensboro area and uh, High Point area and a local franchise owner saw me delivering pizzas all the time and or often and uh, so he would pursue he would ask me to come why don't you why don't I, why don't you come work for us full time and I would think like I think I've got better plans in life than wanted to be a <laughs> sure. Uh, Wanted to be a full-time driver for sure, you. Sure, sure. So, and I, I felt like a little obligated to kind of responding to him. So one day he called me while I, I remember I was at home and uh, on my day off or so. And he, I remember he said, well, would you come see me on next Wednesday? I said, okay. So now I knew what he was wanting to ask me for, and that was to come work full-time for him. I was working about 25, 30 hours a week at the time delivering pizzas. And so I had a game plan that I said, well, okay. I will go in. He'll ask me for come work full time. I'll say I will work. So if you put me in your management program, mm. so that was my way out. Okay. I little did I know. So when of course after the initial cordials, he asked. Uh, uh, so have you been thinking about? I asked you to come work full time. Yeah. I asked you a couple of times. Have you thought about more about it? I yeah. said yes, Scotty, I have, uh, and I will do so if you put me into your in your management program. Yeah. And he said that's exactly what I'm asking you for. Nice. Oh, I stuck my foot in my mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> now I was cornered. Now I had nowhere to go. So that was my 
kind of, you know, and that's my first accidental step into the. And yeah. and that's while you're in school. Like, have you have you have you finished yet? Or not uh, yet? No, I had not finished at the okay. time. No, it was it was the summer off, and I was recovering from from keeping things going. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So how so so let's let's fast forward a little bit. So you're you're full time working. You're in the management program, and then how how do how do things progress into you know, having a first store. How, I mean, how, how does that happen? Yeah, so uh, it took a, almost a year off and then went back to NC State and I, being a manager in the meantime, so I'd gotten my one year, well, more than a year of required dominoes requirement uh, for manager. Sure. At the time, I didn't know I was going to do, be in this route. However, sure. I had an experience of being a general manager for a store. Okay. Um, made a, went, went up through the ranks quickly through the assistant manager program. Sure. I think I was like within six months, I was a general manager. Okay. I, I guess they liked me enough. Yeah, there you go. Or I worked hard enough for some combination of both. Both, both. So, um, so uh, and then I went back to NC State and I remember as I was just, as I was finishing up my last few couple of months of it, I said, what am I going to do? Uh, I still, at the time, I had gotten most of my flight training ratings, flight, sure. flight pilot's licenses, but I did not have enough hours to be hired by a local regional airlines. This is how you start. Uh, so you're enough. you're still thinking. Yeah. You're still planning. Oh on, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm like I'm, you. You will be a pilot. I'm going to be a pilot. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, and I was no longer, I was back to kind of part-time delivering while trying to finish school Yeah. Uh, at NC State and back in Raleigh. So, and I remember at this last minute, I said, okay, I got, still got two years to worth of time to build, to be qualified, to eligible to be hired sure. by the airlines. Uh, and so what am I going to do in these two years in between? I'm, you know, kind of when we're finishing school, so uh -huh. I'm not going to go my, for my PE. That's just for two years. It's kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. I'm still so driven by wanting to be airplane driver. Sure. So, um, and so I remember just, uh, I'd been a, a late one Saturday evening. I said, oh, I can open a Domino's store because I'm eligible for it. And I'll do this for two years, accumulate a little bit of money, and then build my hours along the way okay. flying as a flight instructor. Yeah. And build my hours. And then two years later, I'll sell my first Domino's <clears> store. <throat> and then I'll go back to live happily ever after flying an airplane. Okay. So that okay. was the game plan. Okay. Okay. And that was 1989. All right. So, so, um, and the rest is essentially history because as I opened my first store in Lewistown, Pennsylvania, it was my first store. I drove Pennsylvania. Up, yeah, I drove up. It was a local. Yes, uh, uh, found this little town in uh, in Pennsylvania that still did not have a Domino's. There still were very few. I mean, comparatively, there were only uh, only four thousand Domino's, thirty-five hundred or four thousand Domino's stores at a time. So now there's over six thousand in the country in the states. So. Uh, that was the first store. Drove my little. Uh, now, niece, how, now they 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 picked that store for you. How, how did how did that work? How, how did you end they up? They just made the announcement that this town, Lewistown, is available to be franchised. That was gotcha, it. Gotcha. So okay. I uh, I was this um, um, relatively young, uh, wet behind the years, twenty five years old, twenty six years old. Uh, didn't know frankly much about business other than having run a Domino store for about a year and a half okay. or so prior. Uh, so in my little Nissan car, I drove up to. <laughs> To Lewistown, PA, and yeah. uh, and I walked into the local, you know, after uh, local bank, and I I said, well, I'm a Domino's franchisee, and <laughs> and I'm going to open a Domino's store. I needed to borrow some money from yeah. them. I had a little bit of cash, yeah, um, uh, built up, uh, saved up, etc. And uh, so 
that was kind of my first break, really. I remember, st still remember the name of the, uh, the gentleman, Jack Morgan, at Juniata Valley Bank. We'll never forget some names in life, 100%. right? 100%. Uh, he just kind of heard my story until what was the story until that time, 19, it was May, June, 1989. Okay. Uh, he heard my story, who am I, where am I from, basically kind of more or less what, what we just what already discussed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, about an hour or so, 45 plus minutes of sitting together, with uh, Jack said, said, Osman, we don't do these kind of loans, and I really should not be doing this loan, but something about you and your story resonates with me, That's awesome. and I'm going to do the loan That's for you. That's awesome. And it was, that was like, I gave me goosebumps, like, oh, okay, really? I, I mean, I was just, just, I didn't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And this was, again, this was late 80s, when money was quite tight compared to where 2020 now, with yeah. all the stuff going on in the world. Um, money was very tight, where even the existing franchise owners, when they heard I got a bad loan from a local bank, they were like, how did you do that? Yeah, I said, wow. I don't know, I just went and asked, and so they, there you go. it worked. So. So, so you get the loan, you start the, the first store, how long were you there? How, how, you know, or actually, you know what? How was the first month, six months, year? I mean, you know, because I know, I know in the beginning of any business, you know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest. Like, you, you got to figure stuff out. You got to, you know, get financing. You know, there's a lot of things that you, you have to figure out. So, you know, yeah. what is... Yeah, so here's the one thing I know I, the whole purpose of this podcast, and you're like trying to get, hopefully get, you know, I have my daughter here in front of me, and I just, that we people, we all learn from each other. Sure. And this is my success, or whatever levels we may call it a success it is, is the whole story is about having the reasonable confidence in you, uh, a lot of humility in, within yourself, and, and, either not recognizing the failures or just saying, I will not fail. Yeah. So I think I have to say at that, again, at, again, relatively younger age at the time, I would say I was too dumb to think that I can fail. Yeah. But at the same time, it was, I always had the confidence within, within myself to yeah. say, I think whatever, what I put my hands into will make it work because I know how to work my tail off. Yeah. That's the whole key was about working my, so yeah, the first, uh, for six months, um, I remember I worked open to close, which was from basically essentially 10 a.m. to almost 1 a.m. for four months in a row, nonstop. Wow. Four months in a row of working, uh, it was 110 hours a week or so, uh, and it was truly miserable even at that youthful <laughs> age where you can do anything. Yeah. Uh, you can work 24 hours a day, but anyway, so I got my first day off almost almost four months in. And uh, <laughs> But and that's, you know, to, you know, to, to point something out, Osman, that's the sacrifice it takes. I mean, yeah. even even when we started, you know, the the paper company, and I was 22 years old. Um, yeah, like my friends at 22, 23, 25, they were getting corporate jobs and making money and buying, you know, their their college graduate cars. I I didn't. I drove still to this day, you know, Honda Accords and Camrys because they were the best on gas. And I traveled and I I you know I was a road warrior. I I had to go build it. I had to go put my business on the map. And so um, there is some sacrifice. I mean, you know, in the end, there's some perks, obviously, to mm -hmm. having a business. But in the beginning, there's a lot of sacrifice. Like a lot of people aren't, aren't going to be willing to do what you did, right? Four months, a hundred, I mean, 110 hours, like that is what is it, 168 hours in a week? 168 in a week, yeah. So you barely have 50 left for <laughs> sleeping, just, eating, everything. Yeah, right? you're yeah. sleeping and going back to the store. So yeah, literally, uh, yeah. What a story. So, okay, so the first four months, you're doing everything. You're setting the, the, the processes in place. You're finding the people. You're training them with your year and a half experience and delivery and all that. And so, um, so was, you know, 
Was, was the first year a good year? Was it a success? I mean, how, you know? We were fortunate. The first year was a successful year. Awesome. And that's the, um, that's the where the franchise and the name brand comes into play. It was okay. not Osmond's Pizza. It was Domino's. So sure. it was a known brand and known people were hungry for it, sure. so to speak, or ready for, to receive a Domino's at the time. So, however, we still had to produce the right product and serve the customers correctly. Sure. I mean, just the name alone does not sell. After sure. the first bad experience, they would go away. Uh, as we all know um, from your restaurant experience in life and your family. So uh, we, uh, we had to serve and do it well and to where customers. So the first year was, um, fortunately, was successful. Awesome. And that kind of gave us the foundation to, uh, to continue building forward. Yeah. Now, how, now, like, where do you go from there? Or how, how long did you, did you have that? Did you have that store for a while or did you move back down yeah, here? Yeah, almost four years. In mid-93, okay. we came back down to North Carolina. I always had special affinity for this area and all. And there was, of course, there's a growth opportunities here. There was not much left to grow in that part of the Pennsylvania at the okay. time. So it was good. We got the opportunity to purchase four stores here in mid-90, uh, late 93, 94. Which, 94. which, which stores is that? They were uh, actually Albemarle uh, okay. right there, uh, your, home, uh, your home or your office uh, yeah. area. Uh, Albemarle, Salisbury, okay. right here right we here. are, and uh, Concord and Kannapolis. Nice. So this was a close little close pocket, all 30 minutes or so from each other. And so these, um, you know, wonderful place to live sure. and raise family right here in Salisbury area, Albemarle area, etc. So. Uh, these were the original four stores, and uh, we uh, even that was a big jump going from a single one-store owner to a four because it's it is a big. How now? Now uh, explain that. What what what's the mindset difference? What do you have to you know? It, are are you depending on your team finding the right people? How how does one go from a single store? You know, because I mean we have people that are listening to this that maybe have a landscape company and it's just them but they'd like to maybe bring on a couple crews, right? I mean, when you go from just you or one store to a multi-store locate, I mean, how, how does that, you know, how was the learning curve? Yeah, so the key in all that for me was, I think you just have to kind of use your, you have to use your good intuition and have to have built intuition and have to have built good common sense. Sure. And to have thought through, maybe I do read a lot, that's part of my, myself, awesome. my existence. So I read business books or, or uh, biographies and autobiographies and all. So you kind of learn the, the, get the variety of understanding of what, it ma what makes successful people click, what makes them work, what makes, what makes leadership work. And I leadership of the four domino stores is, is leadership in its own way as it may be for uh, you know, Starbucks Corporation running tens of thousands of stores, or, uh, or 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 the leader or the political leader in the country. However, it might be just sure. you're you're inspiring people to do some things appropriately to sure. to what the direction for the vision for the company is. So uh, I just felt from instinctively that it was going to be not about me personally. It's always about the success or helping people build up to be their best. Sure. Uh, at the time, I, 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 frankly, I would not have been able to enunciate as I'm being able to do so yeah. now. I just, just did it without really knowing what I was kind of sure. recognizing. But uh, this is what we did was just help and, and above all, uh, for all of us entrepreneurs in general, this is the whole entrepreneur's dilemma is to like, when do you let go? Yeah. Let go of the little things and not worry about it. Delegate. Uh, delegate. Learning, learning to delegate and that's, personally for me that did not come as too hard. Uh, for some I know, for some good entrepreneurs that's yeah. the, the biggest, bigger hump in sure. life. So you just have to 
trust the humanity and the seriousness of the person that you you come across. Thought, yeah. I trust in him. I think he's not a, he's not my clone, but or she is not you know my exactly does not have a sense for for everything that I see things, but I think there's enough I can build into them and give my guidance and impart my knowledge and understanding and and aspire them and inspire them to to be their best self. And once you once we start to do that, yeah, you have it's. The truly for our success today, even fast forward 25 plus years later and today, I'll just say this, that even uh, to this is that inspiring people to, to, for them to be successful, my success for whatever little it is, it comes because we, our people are successful sure. as a team sure. throughout, throughout the state of the, both state of states of North and South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, uh, uh, a couple of points to that. I mean, I remember reading a book a long time ago. Uh, Zig Ziglar wrote it. It's called See at the Top. And he says, if you help en enough people get what they want, you'll automatically get what you want. Perfect. And so I like that. And then, you know, something else that you said, um, you know, I, I guess being in, you know, talking to owners and, you know, being in this industry, um, you know, the difference, I think, be, you know, what you were saying is between a business owner and an entrepreneur, a business owner has to do everything. An entrepreneur understands how to delegate and how to, you know, uh, you know, be able to, 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 to give some responsibilities. And, and, and that's quite frankly how you duplicate and, and really able to scale something um, when you empower people, right? Exactly, so, yes. You have to, if you want to scale up, otherwise you just stay with one store. Yeah, it, in, in, you know, it's one impossible. Store or yeah. One office or one location or whatever. If you really want, I uh, aspire to scale up, you've, you have to develop people 100%. And, and bring the best out of them. Now, uh, when you bought these four stores, did you sell Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay, so you, you sold we, that. I was done with that. Okay, yeah. came down here and kind of kind of planted your roots in in this area. Yes. And so, um, and that was '93. Mid '90, late '93. Yes. Okay, when when you came down here, and so you know, tell us the you know from '93 on. I mean, was it just a gradual increase in in store? How did how do, how were you able to progress and sink your teeth and build a foundation here, you know, to where you're at today? Yeah, it was, uh, so it was, again, it was another layer of struggle, almost a different version of those, uh, of those four months of nonstop, 110 hours a week type, yeah. but a different version of it, but it was a struggle uh, of these stores were not doing so well, and they were distressed situation when I purchased them, and then gone from one to four is a total, like you mentioned, it's entrepreneurship level. Now you're trying to build people to do this rather than roll your sleeves up and say, okay, do get it out of the way, I'll fix it for you. Yep. Uh, or I'll fix it here. I can't fix four things. cannot be in four 100%. places at the same time. So um, it was, I believe it was almost 98. So four years, for four years, we operated these four stores and got them to do well and operate them well and to take care of our customers and focus on the consistency of the product and focus on it. What's the, what's the big difference? What were you able to do in those four years to take so if somebody has a business right now that maybe is struggling right what are some ingredients that you think that it takes to turn something from maybe a, a distressed situation to more of a thriving anything that you can think of maybe that you know culture people process what you know culture people and process but i will say mostly and everything essentially revolves around the culture of who you are as a person as an entrepreneur and what you want this company to be. It's not about me. It's never been about me, mm. and it shall never be ever so. It's about the success of our people. Mm. So the culture is about, hey, we are friendliest. Our, our, our mission, and truly our mission for our company, Team Carolinas, is friendliest mission on the people to be 
to be the top rated, highest top performing franchise in all of Domino's. Nice. So, and that was kind of a mission, uh, not probably said differently, but it was just essentially friendly people. We work together, we enjoy what we do, and we're going to be, we're going to be stay focused. So the whole thing is about the culture of being focused and energized towards achieving one goal, and that is to be the best. And you, you, best is very vague and broad, and yeah. you can say it in many different ways. But you just put down your three metrics and say, "This is these are three things we can achieve: be it the sales growth, or be it the customer satisfaction, or uh, um, or or, uh, or highest profitability, whatever the rankings. However, you want to choose to yeah. measure yourself. But stay focused, and consi consistency is the key. And so, people want a leader with a backbone, or you know, or an owner with a backbone yeah. who stands for something and seriousness. Yeah. So, and that's what is the key to what what we've been able. I to I love achieve. that. I love that because I think it 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 speaks to how important leadership is. Right. And, you know, I mean, I've heard it many times from John Maxwell saying everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, it, it, that's where, you know, people are looking at you for some answers and some guidance and a vision. You know what I mean? And so um, I love that. I love that. So you turn the four stores around. It's 1998. Right. Now you've got some good operating stores. You know, they're making some money. They're, they're, they're following the mission and the vision. You know, then then how, how how do we progress from there? Uh, yeah, so then we just had uh, had opportunity to come up to purchase the two neighboring stores in Ardell County, Statesville okay. and Mooresville. Nice. And uh, uh, so that was mid mid or so '98. Uh, added those, so now we had grown by 50 percent from four to six. Sure. And that was at, at the time it felt like a large leap. It certainly was. Uh, so do, now, you do you remember that feeling? I remember that. Like feeling. you remember, like actually, like having those conversations and. Oh yeah, I thrilled. Oh really, I was thrilled. I remember, you know, the franchise owner I had worked for had six stores before uh -huh. he retired, sold out, and retired. Okay. Quite early, actually, for the for his age at the time, but sure. but I felt like, oh my gosh, I am. We're about we're our company is about as big <laughs> as Scotty's, uh, Scott Cox. I love so, that. So and oh, that was wonderful in its own self. It was a little like I had reached a certain milestone. It's, in a, my, it's, it's for a little my benchmark. Mentor. Yeah. So so it was a big achievement, uh, big step at the time, and um, and. Uh, so how, how old are you then? Uh, that uh, would have been 20, uh, 28, 29. I mean, that's 20, you yeah. know, an, an incredible feat. Um, I mean, six, yeah. six stores at 29? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, let me. T <laughs> uh, was it 90? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, six, 30, 36. 36, 36. 36. 36. 36. So 36, I mean, you got yeah. six stores. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, 36. that's that's yeah. that's uh, you know, nothing to, to ninety eight. Yeah. So 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 anyway, so you know, how 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 was was there any large transition from four to six, or you just kept implementing some of the same things that you did from one to four to four to six? Yeah, I think we had some the foundations for our our company, our culture were in place. Uh, so then it was uh, it was a different type of growing and sure. continue to build a business um, and more of the people development piece was more at play than again the the, 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 the basics of the nitty-gritty and the, of the everyday so less so. probably less tactical more philosophical and mindset and it, investing in the people stuff like that investing in the people yes and Again, most important is not to get too mired in in small stuff, to keep the big picture in mind. You know, an employee, a certain employee, certain manager needs an extra 
they want to take a vacation for a week and maybe if you don't have a vacation policy at the time you're not that big enough yet at the time yeah. so just you know be nice be kind and, and and someone who's working hard for you for 51 weeks a year give them just say go take a vacation I'll, I'll I got you covered of course, we have all of those programs and place, things in place now, but sure. at the time, these were kind of... But just, early, early on, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, and, and not get too small-minded about little things. Mm. Be generous, be open-hearted, be big-hearted, uh, and it all comes back. Whatever you give comes back in heaps back. 100%. So if you're generous and you have big heart uh, and, and, and are giving in nature, giving mean not necessarily giving, giving, but in a, you know, from a philanthropic point of view, we're just kind of being open about it sure. and generous about it. it. People will respond in kind, and, and it, it becomes a more of a truly a family ways of family mindset to to build a business. I love that. I love that. There's there's so many gems in what you said right there about you know paying it forward and giving and sowing and reaping and you know what you give, you know it'll come back. I mean, it just it's it's how it works, and so um, I love that. So that was in '98, and so you know obviously fast forward the last 20, 22 years. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, could, could you have imagined, you know, at 36 years old with six stores, you know, like, you know, hitting that benchmark, you know, could you have imagined where you guys have come the last 22 years? No, I, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I am still amazed at, at what we, what our team has been able to achieve. 100%. It's not, again, it's not me. Uh, and how we built, uh, how the team has come together nicely over the years. So many people have been here such a long time for 15, 20 plus years. And, uh, and I, if you would have said that this is where you'll be at 22 years later from 98, I would have said, no, absolutely not possible. It's just not possible. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, with a nice, beautiful footprint across the state, one of the top franchises, uh, Domino System in the country. That's so um, awesome. Both uh, si size doesn't matter as necessarily as terms of performance. We feel good about who we are and nice. how we are operating at the highest level, and, and we still have we still have ways to do to to, to get even better. Yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. Yes, that's incredible. I, I know the last seven eight years we've known each other. You guys have made such leap and bounds. I mean, even even the location that we're at. You know, you guys recently you know, uh, put a new store here in Salisbury and you've just found a good property, remodeled it, you have beautiful offices here. I'm, I'm blown away at, at the quality um, of everything, the quality of your people now. I mean, that, you know, we, we've worked together and I've got, you know, different contacts within your organization and everybody I speak to is just such a first class, hey, how can we partner up and work together? What can we do, you know, to, to mutually benefit from the relationship? I mean, it's been, uh, on our end, it's been absolutely incredible, you know, and so I guess maybe in wrapping up, Osman, what what are some things, you know, if, if, if somebody's out here listening, whether they're, you know, in college, kind of how you were and you kind of got your your first uh, taste in, um, you know, of, of working at Domino's and kind of, you know, getting into management really early on, or if somebody maybe is in their 30s or 40s and, and they've had some experience in corporate or in that life, but they'd like to transition into doing their own thing, you know, whether it's a, you know, IT company, software, landscape, dry cleaners, restaurant, food truck, catering, doesn't matter, you know, what are some things that we can, we can suggest to these, to, to, to people listening that um, they can take and really think about to implement before they make their first, you know, next five moves, you know, what are, what are some thoughts, you know, as far as, you know, planning, pr preparation, financing, you know, living below your means, you know, making concern. I mean, what, what, you know, what are your thoughts on, on all that? Yeah, I, I think all of that is 
absolutely important. You've got it all in a nutshell that this is all that is important. Living below your means is important. Once you start spending money, you know, understand your finances. We not touched on that. It's important. Uh, your bank account is not your financial statement. Mm. Uh, so just having money in the bank account is uh, some money which may not be your money. It may be sales taxes that you've collected on behalf of the government or the state uh, from your customer that yep. are just due for 5, 10, 20 days later. Yep. Or be it payroll that is due that the folks have already worked and your payroll is coming up on Friday. So whatever it is, you really understand your P&Ls. Uh, that will be just kind of one. I, I can go on and you don't have enough time today for this. But but uh, so that would be that's a one. really good point, though. Yes. I mean, that, that that's where I see a lot of people get caught in restaurants because, you know, you know, a lot of times it's a cash business and, you know, they think, oh, what's in the register is yeah. is, 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 is what, what we made. That's right. No, not no, really. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and what you made in the register or I'm putting whatever, $1,000 or $7,000 in the bank today or anything, and that does not mean that that's your money. Can, you know, whatever your margins might be for restaurant business, we're small margin business, four, six, seven percent on a good day, right? Yeah. So ninety-five some percent of what you're putting in is not your money. It's yeah. a, you're just it's flowing through you. Be ready and don't spend it. Don't go out and don't go crazy. So, but more importantly, take the whatever it takes—an hour worth of class or somebody mentor guide you to understand the financial statements. Good. Be it a small one-man business or a or a multi-location, lots of people. So. Uh, understand a cash flow statement, other beyond a, 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 a standard profit and loss and a balance sheet. So that'll be, I just say this on the finance side, uh, you have to, you know, you again, checking that your checking account is not your financial picture of like your financial. That. So beyond that is find that one or two key people that can be your right hand person to you. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's gems in the rough, we, as it said. Uh, and there's lots and lots of good quality capable people who may not have had the opportunity to go to college may not even maybe in some case may not even have finished high school but yeah. but but they are good person hardworking they want to get moved forward and they just need a little bit of a help. support and help from from any business owner entrepreneur out there to and then you impart their understanding and pass that knowledge and understanding and build them up to be the best they can be and, and then help them to be the, the, the person and that becomes the, the, the big part of the foundation for building your company to whatever from a one-man operation, one-person operation to whatever the size one chooses to be. I love that. I, I love that because it's a, it's a, a, a two-sided thing. You got to be tactical. You have to know your numbers. You have to know the finances, the P&L, the balance sheet. You have to understand that there's expenses and there's investments back in the company. And, you know, you can't just, you know, after maybe six months, a year, whatever, you know, go out and start spending everything that, that, that you have. You know, it's just be wise, you know, with, with, with that income that, that you are making. And then on the flip side of it, start empowering. Start, start training, start, find that one, two, three people that you can really, that, that, that is loyal, that, you know, that, that can be your right hand man, you know, uh, so to speak. And so, um, I love that. I love that. And so any, any last thoughts? Um, no, I, I have to say, Nick, I'm impressed with you. Okay. <laughs> <But> seriously. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank got you. to know you and uh, over these uh, seven, eight, some years, and I still remember the early days of us developing the, uh, our conversation and business together. I'm, I'm, I appreciate all you're doing. I'm even impressed the fact that you're doing this podcast thing, yeah. right? So I, uh, I am kind of a the previous generation kind of person, so uh, this is all nice and cool, and what you're doing really for for uh, for people out there to learn and hear from all the various entrepreneurs, you're taking these experiences and spreading the goodness out. Yeah. That is your and I I admire and appreciate I, you for all that you 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 and your staff are doing. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And yeah, me you know I 
you know, I, this, this, this goal, this paper trails podcast was, you know, just like a little bit of a, of a vision of like, you know, what, you know, how, how can we take the stories of the, 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 the little connections and the network that I have and how can we spread the message and let people know about, Hey, you know, there's, you know, there's a chance for you to make it. This, this country's amazing, man. I mean, you know, our family, my family, you coming from Pakistan, I mean, it's, it's incredible what our families have been able to put together, you know, with the proper opportunities. And so, um, anyway, thank you so much for being a, a guest. You know, appreciate you guys kind of plugging in and uh, checking us out for episode 18. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Like I said, if you guys can, share it, like it, subscribe, do what you can. You know, we're uh, you know, try, trying to build up this podcast, you know, to, to just spread, you know, good, positive news that, you know what, there, there is, uh, you know, the American dream is alive and uh, it's, it's an absolutely incredible way to, to step into business ownership or even be a peak performer at your job. I mean, that's, that, that's, totally, that's totally good. Uh, or it could be that right-hand person, that number two, number four within an organization and help somebody build an empire. So anyway, good to see you guys. Appreciate you. And uh, thank you again, Osmond. 